Hello and welcome. It's Friday. It's time for another episode of Generation Zennial. It's Keith, it's Vinny, and we have a special guest today. Yeah. Then, uh, hey, you can introduce. To the podcast. introduce. It's my wife, Claire. Hello. She's from England, if you can't tell by the accent. Oh, I'm not. I just pretend to be like Madonna. <laughs> we see how well that did for her career. Well, she's doing much better than I am. She's not a public school teacher in May, so. What? Yeah, but morally speaking, I think you're doing better than her. What was the deal behind Madonna's English accent? Why is she? Well, she married Guy Ritchie. So all of a sudden she's like, and I, I think she's one of those people. I think she's a little bit like me, you know, me and I like to think, you know, because when you think of Madonna, you think of me. Um, I like, I like Obviously. To of her and I, you know, I think she's just one of those people that when she's around other people, she picks up their accent. I do that. I, I, I will say when I when, when we visit England, even even for the the two weeks that we're there, like I don't, I don't pick up the accent, but I definitely pick up a lot of the, the colloquialism. um, colloquialisms. Yeah, he thinks start, he picks up the accent. No, but I start saying things like "in it." <laughs> Do you not say "brilliant"? No, I will say "a lot." I I find myself saying "mate" more often, like just in general. It's it's a good it's a good uh like suffix to his to a sentence. All right, mate. Oh. Or like instead of saying buddy or friend, like American, like buddy don't, friend, they don't dude. really have a good word for that, right? Like buddy, dude. guy, dude. Well, I think it also depends on culturally where you are in America, based on what you use in that context. Well, also Matt is the same in England as well, because uh, contrary to public belief, nobody really says governor. <laughs> <laughs> no, only the tourists. Governor? governor. No, that's not, that's like that's a more Dickens. Yeah, it's a London thing as well. It's a it's a um, turn of the century Dickens London area term that just got spread around the world because of Dickens, and then everyone thinks. I think it was Mary Poppins says. that might have done it. Oh, or oh, that Mary Poppins. Dick Van Dyke. Well, Hello, Governor. You know, we're talking about really in English accents. We should talk about Dick Van Dyke. We 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 watched that with the kids over the summer or over the winter over this past year. It was a long year. Time has no meaning. <laughs> Time has no meaning. And I, I still love this. Flat circle. That's been our theme of this show. There's just certain musical parts in that movie that go on too long. Yes. I agree. Like, like the chimney sweep thing is great when they're doing the song, but then there's like another five minute dancing afterwards. And I was like, I think we could have passed this part. What's well, a sign of the times, wasn't it? It was very musical. It's had to have like a big dance number. and Yeah, but uh, it had no point. Like, so we also, I just happened to be like on AMC had uh, Singing in the Rain was on a couple weekends ago and I just popped it on while the kids were doing something else and they got sucked into it, which I love that they got sucked into it. And that the pacing in that movie is still perfect. <laughs> like no song um, or I dance goes on too long. The goes a lot on too long is My Fair Lady. Yeah, that has like, I remember watching that in high school, I think. And that I don't think I've ever watched My Fair Lady. Speaking of fake English accents. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember where we started. In my trip. Audrey Hepburn. Yes, thank you. Yes. Anyways, that is not any of our topics today. You guys have a list of topics you thought of while I was at the dealership dropping off my car. Well, I was actually, you know, I was concerned or aware that I was going to be on the show, and I thought I better have something, something to say. Get, do some prep work. I mean, I just want to say it's great, you know, being a teacher, having a day off, and yet I'm still on Zoom today. <laughs> I just like the. I appreciate everything about that. 
as an athletic trainer, I have a four day weekend and that's not, not something that's very typical for, for our profession. So cheers to that. Well, this is not my typical zoom experience though, Keith, cause you actually have your camera on. And oh so yes. I, I don't have a camera off pretending to listen. And we're having a conversation instead of me feeling like I'm at a seance. Um, you know? Yeah. I feel like at this point, some of the kids are just basically logging on to the, to the classroom and just go walking away and leaving. Yeah. Or I'll get a message in my chat. Sorry. I went to the kitchen to get something to eat. <laughs> like why? Oh, sorry. You know you're in class, right? Like, well, yeah, that's not, well, they're not in class because their computer's in class and that's all they, they that's care. That's all that matters. Yeah. See our school system uh, where my son goes, they went back full time a couple months ago, five days a week and, and now full time. Uh, we're not back really because of the scheduling. Um, because the way they scheduled it, it would just be too much of a nightmare. And they were going to bring us back. And I believe a bunch of students went to the board of ed meeting and said, we can't take any more changes, please. Please don't do this to us for the last quarter of the year. We can't deal with it. So we're the kid, I'm there full time. The kids are every other day, hybrid. That seems it's like- It's educational no update. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hopefully in the fall, things go back to somewhat normal. I think in a lot of places, things are going to go back to um, full full capacity, full every day. Um, New York City announced, what, last week that mm -hmm. they're going to go back full time with no remote option, which, I, you know, it, it looks like that's going to be feasible at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the debate is, you know, a lot of parents still want the option of allowing their kids to go full remote. Um, but it's a logistical nightmare. We don't, we just, our school, we simply don't have enough teachers to allow students to be full remote. Right. So, um, you know, they're upset that some of the parents are upset about it. And they're saying, well, my kid's been doing so well this year. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of been an easier year than it usually is. Yeah, there's, there's less, you're asking them to do less academically to make up for everything else. Did you find that at the college level as well? Um, I mean, it depends. Yeah, I guess even with my own classes, I concentrate more on certain aspects and less on others based on the circumstances, you know, just like having four people online and the rest in class, it, it made it so I couldn't do certain things I would normally do, like certain in class, like, hey, let's just go outside right now and take some photos of plants. Like I can't do that when I have four people online and, right. and things like that. Well, and take pictures of plants it must be nice well it's a photography class i teach you the video production yeah, I, know. I, see, I just see the kids walk around school i'm like aren't you supposed to be in class oh we're taking pictures right now and I'm like, huh that must be nice to just walk around and take pictures but i have a friend who teaches uh in a college and she said this year has been difficult for her kids emotionally she's had a lot of kids with anxiety um a lot of sort of having to give extensions and change grades and things of that nature. Are you running into that as well? Um, Mental health. I haven't personally, I mean, I've had definitely had students that had, you know, issues. I mean, I've always had students that have had mental health issues and it's, it's weird at the college. It's always, I've noticed this for years because I, I have my, I got my master's in education. So I did under, I did elementary school student teaching for a while. So I see, I've seen both sides of it where at the public school level, there's so many safety nets. There's so, you know, 
you, you get your IEPs and you get your, your personalized plans and all this stuff. And, and they handhold you throughout your entire career. If you get identified as needing these resources, once you get to college, you have to be the one as the student to go to the resource center and say, I need these resources because of X, Y, Z. And, uh, unless the student does it themselves, like the parent can't do it, right. a, a, a professor can't do it, the student has to go and do it. And if they don't do it, then as a professor, I don't get any information about someone needing accommodations. And even when I do get notices of accommodations, it's really just this person needs accommodations, such as extended test time, being able to use a computer, take notes in class. Like it doesn't actually say what it is that they have. So it's a very different level at the university level where it's like, I don't know if it's autism or if it's depression, ADHD, whatever. I like, I don't know what the diagnosis is and not that matters to me personally, but so I, we really just get like this generic sheet of like accommodations, you know, and, and really I've just basically changed all my structure for my classes. I don't, I mean, I only teach two classes a semester cause it's only part of my job, but basically I include all those accommodations in every class anyways. All my notes are available. I created a website for each class I teach that has all my notes on it, all my presentations on it, all my videos are on it. Um, anytime I mean, I'm doing a demo in class, I record the demo so they can watch it later. Do you uh, think that if you had access to an IEP the way that I do that has the diagnosis on it, would it would influence your teaching style? I mean, because for me, if I know a particular student, you know, has a particular uh, disability, I can adapt my teaching style, accommodate. The student and and you know adapt my teaching style appropriately to the student instead of just following what the instead uh, of following the modifications the like obviously right. you know i have a master's too <laughs> so you know well, uh, so. they teach you how to you, you know you live in the northeast of course you do <laughs> i've actually got two but that's not oh i only have one so whatever well no the one that i did in england didn't transfer so i had to do a second one. Oh, gotcha um i mean sometimes yes sometimes no you know, because I, I teach production classes where we have only 12 people in the class at a time uh, for production classes. So, and, and having been around education long enough, like I can kind of identify who needs what just by interacting with them. I get the, I get the feel for like, so I don't need it right now in black and white, like this person has this. I'm like, all right, I can see how they respond and I know how to respond back to them and, right. and take my time in the right way. And some people do. There was one situation like, two years ago where, you know, it wasn't until like two thirds of the way through the semester, this person never told me they, they didn't have an accommodation letter. So I didn't know they needed any accommodations. And this is a class where we're doing photos and videos, we're using cameras. And, and I always knew he like used the mouse on the left side, cause like he didn't use his right hand, so whatever. But then he's like, he finally tells me like, cause his right hand, he can't really use. And so he can't use the camera properly. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like, because everything is designed for a right-handed operation. Now, I, there's a con like newer cameras have touchscreens and all this, and you can use apps to control them with. And I was like, it was like two thirds of the way through the semester. I'm like, this is something I wish you would talk to me about day one, because I could have made accommodations for you. I could have laid out a different way for you to do all this stuff. Here's the camera. Here's the app to control the camera. So instead of you having to manipulate it with your hand, you can use the app and be able to do all this stuff. But so it's, it's sometimes like that, where if there's like a hidden thing where it's, it's not mental, it's not verbal, it, it's a physical thing, but it's not apparent. Um, you know, sometimes 
that is helpful to know. But at the same time, sometimes there's a physical, apparent physical thing that certain students that does not slow them down. Like I definitely had a student a couple years ago. Um, I don't know di uh, physically what the actual diagnosis was, but I know her legs were underdeveloped and, and she like, you know, her knees were tilted inwards. So she didn't walk well and she couldn't carry heavy loads, but the work she did was fantastic because she didn't let it stop her and she just pushed past it and she never asked for any accommodations. And she got, a, she had a job right out of college. She had a job before she graduated from college from ESPN. So it's also about the drive of the person too. Like they, you might have a, you know, in college, they might have something that's holding them back, but if they have the right drive, they'll, they'll work around it. But just, you know, it's, it's that transition from public school to university where they have all these safeguards and all of a sudden a lot of those safeguards go away and they're not always prepared for that next step. Right. Well, it takes sudden, them like two or three years to get into it. All of a sudden now you're considered an adult and you need to start advocating for yourself as opposed to having, you know, others. Yeah. I had a hard time with that and I had nothing wrong with me. Well, yeah, I think a lot sure, of, Keith. I think a lot of, <laughs> I mean, no, nothing that nothing, I could, nothing, nothing diagnosable anyway. Um, no, but you know, I mean, yeah, you bring up that point. I mean, especially when you go to college, I think it's, it's a culture shock for a lot of people um, having that autonomy. Um, I, you know, I think we definitely saw it at Sacred Heart where we both went, um, especially because, you know, the way the, like you said, the way high school is kind of structured to give you so many resources and kind of force those resources upon you if you need them. Whereas college, it's just, you have a little more autonomy to, to your education. Um, something I always tell my college students that I that I get from Marist is that you need to be proactive in in your learning experience. You can't just you can't just sit back and expect people to to force information upon you. You need to kind of mm -hmm. go go seek it a little bit, and you know, actually, like I said, be proactive about it. I guess I don't really have another word for that. Um, but yeah, we got kind of off track there. Um, yeah, I was trying to find it. I had, a, I had a segue a little bit into, into vaccinations when we were talking about um, going cool. back to school, but then we kind of ruined that. But I mean, so vaccination wise, you we know, want to talk about vaccinations because I, a lot of states and, and, and places now are offering monetary and um, educational rewards. So New York State are, have, a, have a lottery. Um, and I didn't realize, I thought it was for anybody over 18. It's not, it's for 12 to 17 year olds that are getting vaccinated and they have 50 full rides, including board and room and board and books and the whole nine. Wow. Um, but I don't know that I like it. No, I, that's just the state. Worse, Ohio has one. That's just, you, you basically get a million dollars a lottery for a million dollars. They had their first winner this week, which is, I mean, getting vaccinated that we've talked about is, is, is a public uh, responsibility. And I get wanting to incentivize, incentivize people to do it. But at the same time, like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of doing it for the wrong reasons. Right. I see the most people that were hesitant that are getting vaccinated for reasons like they want to go to a baseball game. Right. Or um, I know someone at work who they were hesitant because someone in their family had a bad reaction, so they didn't want to, but then they're being told now they would have to get tested every week if they don't get vaccinated. So now they're going to get vaccinated just so they don't have to go through the hassle of being tested every week. I mean, one of the concerns I have, I was, I was um, listening, you know, the world health organization said that they're hoping if they're lucky to get 10% of the world's population vaccinated by September and 30% by the end of the year. But that's going right. to depend on countries like 
America and the UK donating vaccine shots. And it's sort of like, I understand the importance of the 12 to 17 year olds being vaccinated, but isn't it more important to vaccinate um, Globally. Globally. A lot of that depends on your view of, of the world. Like, you know, a lot of people, especially in this country, don't care about the world. They think the world is some separate place that doesn't affect everybody else. And that's obviously not the truth, but that's just the way a lot of people feel. I mean, especially in <clears throat> being isolated in America, we think of we think of the world as basically three countries, right? Canada, USA, and, and Mexico. And everybody, everybody else is, well, is, is a distant... Eh? Yeah, no, we don't, we don't, if you notice, we don't really worry about the queen. We too worry much. about Megan. No. We wow, do. <laughs> she gets good ratings, but. They just go in the tabloids, really. It's it's like anyone that watches uh, Entertainment Tonight, they care about them. Um, but Honestly, yeah. I could care, you know, also they, they, the, they can sorry. do whatever they want, the royals. You know, they, they're not, they don't, not my royals. They're not, they're not my royals. <laughs> we had a war about this, I believe. <laughs> not my princess, Diana. Um. But going back to the, the, the rewarding people for, for vaccinations, also it, it makes things seem like a little bit more nefarious to me. Like if you need to bribe, basically bribe people to get the vaccinations, what does that say about the vaccinations themselves? Like, should I think it, at this point, they're just kind of thinking like, well, if they have to bribe people to take it, how, how, how good can it actually be? Like, yeah, is it just perpetuating the myth that yeah. like this nefarious government are trying to to get you vaccinated so that and get those microchips in your arms so we can all so we can all so, so we can all die like i like, the, the the thought process behind these things kind of really baffles me but the, the thought processes are there and it's something we need to examine but i mean i do understand it's better than just not doing anything and saying oh well oh well they don't want to get vaccinated and throwing their arms up in the air and and right because unfortunately like we've talked about so many times it it does it does affect everybody the number of people who actually get vaccinated right it's mm -hmm. not just i get vaccinated for myself and you get vaccinated if you don't want to get vaccinated that's on you and then you have to take care of it no it's a, it's a public health risk if you're right. if vaccinating people to exist it's why we have vaccine mandatory vaccines for for other things right for things like measles and mumps and now keith our sacred oh, dating vaccines for the students for the fall so they haven't uh announced anything like that and so this conversation has actually come up with other people before. And I, I point out the fact that about a month ago, they sent a survey out to all the students to find out how many were going to get vaccinated. And I think that was their, you know, their clever PR way of let's, let's find out how many people are going to get vaccinated before we have to make them get vaccinated. Now, were you, were they so, vaccinating so we, on site at Sacred Heart? So we have a vaccine, uh, we have a site there through Hartford Healthcare um, at our new West Campus. So we were doing a, a max vaccination. Yes, we had a site. Um, max vax. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but like I said, I think I think more of they were trying to figure out how many people are just going to do it on their own, and if a, a high enough percentage said they were doing it or already turned in their cards. So like basically, anytime as an employee, anyways, or students, even once we get vaccinated, we scan our card in and we upload it to um, their database. So that way, they have a record of everyone that's been vaccinated. And I think if they get to a certain percentage, they're not going to mandate it because they have enough on campus that have been vaccinated. So right. I think, I think PR wise, because it's always it's always easier to, you know, not have to mandate something if enough people already did. like to have to mandate it is always harder. It's a harder sell to be like you need to be vaccinated in order to come back to campus. Whereas have, like, if ninety percent people got vaccinated, you don't have to mandate it because it's already done. 
they have to have their meningitis vaccine and yeah right, yeah that's my point there's other vaccinations that we make mandatory so i don't right. know we can't make yeah because you know this one's can become so politicized it hasn't been tested <laughs> yes we've only been tested on forty thousand people it's, it's, a, it's a it's a vaccine that that nobody no, just, knows anything about it's this just like, came out of nowhere it definitely hasn't been in the arms of millions of people already you don't even know what's in it can you look it up uh, i don't know it's in my wife my wife's had it since december she's fine wow. so she had it pretty early so yeah well they got it they got it like this the week out basically they already they had their shots scheduled before it was even approved nice because right. they knew because it was in approval process and their her hospital like already had secured the supply and was like okay it's going to be approved next week tuesday you're getting your shot and they just they were ready to roll them out because they wanted to get everyone vaccinated so speaking of vaccines i just want i want to share like uh so last friday i did my first wedding of the season and it was very surreal because it was a uh, hundred people and there were no masks. Uh, were they asking for vaccine cards at the wedding? They were not. So the, I don't know what the venue did with the guests ahead of time. Um, cause I, that was a separate relationship cause I was, I was working. So like all the, the server, all the staff of the venue had masks on, but, um, I know from talking with the couple of themselves and just overhearing other conversations, you know, Everyone I heard talking about it was vaccinated there because like I just listened to conversations. So everyone was vaccinated. It was just a very surreal, like, you know, after a year and a half, all of a sudden showing up to an event and everyone's unmasked. I was like, this is this is weird. It is a little unnerving and weird, is it? Like it I, was remember, weird. I remember going back to work and seeing people in like groups and and yeah. they were still wearing masks, but it, like just be having people in groups, like Yeah, we don't have to wear masks at, like, at school anymore now. Now the semester's like, over and we're all vaccinated. Almost. Well we debated because obviously you know i'm his wife but we haven't had the wedding yet um we've sort of said what do we do with people who want vaccines do we put them in a separate table how do you have a seating chart with like the back of the room for the vaccinated and the unvaccinated and it's uh it's gonna be interesting um yeah i mean i was talking to a, a wedding dj uh recently and he was is he, our wedding he is our wedding dj i didn't want to i didn't need to feel like i needed to put that out there <laughs> you can but, it's fine anyway he was telling me he went to a wedding, but it was at a it was at a private uh, private property, so there were no restrictions basically. And like you know, you do whatever people do whatever they wanted to do, like because that's what I'm kind of concerned about. Like if they're gonna like want to spread people out on the dance floor and stuff like that, it's gonna be kind of awkward. Um, but you know, our wedding's not until October, so hopefully by then, this oh, it's is, a whole different world by then. Hopefully, yeah. we're we're back to like pretty low numbers, and or we'll be on to booster shots by October. We might be on to booster shots. <laughs> Who knows? We need to take a booster shot. Like we need to take a booster shot. I have no, I have no issues with that. Um, if it's a yearly thing like the flu, I mean, it's a yearly. I don't care. Um, with the shot. I we also have different vaccinations. Yeah, I definitely got sicker, but you know, mine's better. So there's yours that. is more effective. Um, <laughs> I got the J. I got yeah, the change. I didn't get the Pfizer. Though. I hear Pfizer is the you know the um, the gold standard. The gold standard, oh. like in the celebrities they all want the, the Pfizer but I mean even as sick as I was I said to you I would still do this what once a month if it meant we could go back do, to do normal. things yeah do things yes yeah, definitely hey I just bought they, because, because Massachusetts is opening up Fenway opened up tickets for more Red Sox games and then let and more seating because I was going to buy tickets early on but they're so expensive because there are so many few seats available limited right but now they're open and then 
So I got tickets for my dad and I had to go. We're sitting on the Green Monster. Nice. I've always wanted to sit up there. Yeah, so do we. So I was like, you know what? Big wall in Fenway. Um, Left field. No Fenway Park at all. You know, it's the baseball. baseball. Something to do with the balls and, 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 and Boston. the bases and the anyway, socks. Fenway has a really weird configuration to a stadium. It has a giant wall in left field. Excuse, it's a park. It's not a stadium. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's kind of it's not a very big uh, stadium because it's yeah because there was a highway built. there so they only had so much room to build. The yeah, when was fields. that built? That's got to be early 1900s, right? 1902. No, wait, sorry, 1911. Yeah, it's 1912. It's the same year the Titanic sunk. 1910, I think. 1910. 1910. Don't ask me. It's it's around that time. It's, 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 1912 or something like that. I, was, I, I that mean, was, I'll be honest, the first baseball game I went to, I left after three innings. I was so bored. And so the bored. thing with baseball, you have to understand the game in order to, like, I think. Not really. If you, can oh. consume, if, 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 if you like to consume alcohol, it helps to, to yeah. move the game along a little bit. I went to a Norfolk Tides game and it was a thousand degrees. Well, that and, doesn't help. And Jewel was playing. Remember Jewel? I do remember Jewel. Oh, my it, God. And she, I just have a huge crush on and it. And it, I guess they had booked her before she got famous. And so it was packed with Jewel fans. And it was, and I was just, this is, this is nothing like cricket. I'm bored. Um, but then I've, so I've been to that one. And then I, we've been to the Mets a few times. Yeah, we actually had a, five years ago, yesterday, I believe, it popped up in my Facebook memories that we went to. City field. And then I saw the Yankees playing um, Baltimore in Baltimore. Oh, or Camden Oreos. Yards is beautiful. Oreos? The Oreos. The Oreos. The Oreos, yeah. The Oreos. The Oreos, the Oreos, the Oreos, Oreos playing. I love Camden Yards. It, is a, it, is, a, it is a gorgeous stadium. I remember when it opened in like, what, like 96, 94, somewhere around there. Like, they had the All-Star game there, I remember. Uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. a really pretty stadium. And the tickets, tickets are cheap, too. Tickets are dirt cheap. We... Uh, 2009 on vacation like we did like a couple like city tour vacation kind of thing like around the area so like we drove up we parked at Kennedy Yards in the morning and like walked around Baltimore and I went back to, for the game later that night and then I got back to the car and there was a ticket on the car because we had parked there early before they were charging so the ticket was this, <laughs> the, 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 the ticket was for ten dollars though it was like for the price of tip parking oh yeah park yeah cheaper than yeah we're, we're yeah we're from New York yeah I was like like, it was oh. funny because we got there and like joy had to use the restroom and we just walked like the park was open like the gate to the park was open so we just walked in and someone else used the restroom in the park at like 10 a.m in the morning oh yeah that's the great thing about it too it's kind of it's like a big open space oh yeah it's wide open you just big walkway in you can walk around anywhere I was like when we went to Dublin and everybody kept saying it's so expensive and we're like we're from New York. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Trust me, it, it'll be fine. It's not, yeah, you're not gonna get a thirty dollar uh, drink in in Dublin. Yeah, right. We're in Manhattan. Yeah. Um, speaking of traveling, uh, yeah. Um, it, it it could be a little dangerous for reporters to be uh, traveling if you got against the Belarusian president. I think it's Belarusian. Belarusian. Be Belarusian. I mean, that's how they say it on the BBC. It says uh, that's well, probably if, right. If they say that on the BBC that way, it's correct. Belarusian? Belarusian. It's Belarusian. Belarusian. Belarusian, I think. Is. Anyway, well, we that's what... We don't want to be... Because I listened to... Uh, I called you, didn't I? I listened to the pod, uh, BBC News, Global News podcast on the way to work, and I think I actually called you about it. I was like... 
I texted him, are you awake? And he's like, oh my God, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Lukashenko is uh, <laughs> grounding jets so he can arrest and torture. I don't know if he's being tortured. I shouldn't, I'm going to get arrested. Um, well, his, they also arrested his But I heard he, yeah, they, his girlfriend. they arrested his girlfriend. I, yeah, I hear they did kind of beat him up a bit, um, but he's trying to, he's being forced to say that he's not. I really don't know for sure. I don't know if anybody does. Um, but yeah, it just, uh, it kind of makes you kind of happy that we have a little bit of uh, freedom of the press and enshrined in our constitution here. But I mean, the thing that is outrageous is, is it was a Ryanair jet, which is Irish, European, traveling from Greece to Lithuania, both European countries. They were just over Belarusian airspace and they had a jet bring them down with the whole premise of bomb there's a bomb on the plane. Um, and imagine if that happened, you know, over American airspace. Well, that's well, the, the thing, too. Well, the jets wouldn't get were, over American airspace. They were one, the jets wouldn't get over American airspace. But even if it well, was... No, even and, if it, and then if it was an American jet... If it was an American jet, there's no way they would have done it because the, the, the political implications would have been a lot... Um, but you're severe. i mean i i appreciate i understand that you know no one's as, no country's as great as the united states but very this, very countries aren't as powerful as the united this states. is still the united this is still the european union right and the european yes. union is acting um appropriately i believe well they they've are... said no 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 more planes to use belarusian airspace and they're going to tighten the sanctions but they haven't been specific as to what those are yeah, the problem with sanctions too is you got to sanctions. We need to sanction the governments that 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 do bad things, but at the same time, that just tends to hurt the the, the citizens. Poor the people, country. right? And it doesn't really. That's doesn't the thing mean. I always hate about sanctions. The idea of sanctions is like it sounds like a great idea, like sanctions. Oh, we're not going to do this or that to, for this country, whatever it is. But like you said, the sanctions it's 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 just like taxing corporations. It doesn't hurt the people at the top. It hurts the people at the bottom. You know, it's it's gonna. It, they're always going to pass that price tag down somewhere. Right. Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. You need to have safeguards against things like that. And yeah, uh, sanctions can work if you have a democratic nation. But obviously, you know, I don't think uh, Belarus is known for their their democracy. Well, no. Now the president's coming out and saying, oh, they're just picking on me. Of course. Yeah. He is. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's a journalist star. And, you know, so this is something I always talk to my journalism students about, you know, we bro always bring up like you know don't forget how good you have it in america as a journalist because we do have the constitutional protections you know and, and i'll bring up the list of journalists that die every year around the world because you know this is a very big profile right here I mean, I mean, but hundreds of journalists die every year right i mean Khashoggi, that was a that was a pretty big deal because where where and how it happened right um and that that kind of, but even that kind of just like came and went right no i don't think anybody really it was like oh that's that's bad and then, oh there's still stuff it, it, every once about in a while they there there are new developments in the story still but it's, you don't hear about it you know what i mean that's what i'm trying no. you know that's yeah but like this guy was on vacation in greece yeah he was flying home from holiday greece to lithuania and suddenly like your your plane is being brought down by a belarusian mig fighter it's just on it's not even like, you know, journalism in a war zone or, or in a, you know, a authoritarian, I said that wrong word wrong. Authoritarian? Thank you. Uh, country, you, you know, you you have some risks with that. Like, and that's what you're accepting as part of your job, but you're literally coming back from holiday. 
on vacation. You don't really think that it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen right? at that point. You know, you're on the plane. You're go going from Greece to Lithuania. Why would you think, oh, I'm going to be arrested? It's just um, it's frightening. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, you, you think you think about like freedom of the past, and I think about you know, quote unquote journalists that I that I disagree with, and I think cause harm. And Tucker Carlson. Exactly, like Tucker Carlson. Well, there's also uh, wait, but, you know. But I don't really consider him a journalist. I call him I consider him an entertainer. I think, in, in, you know, when it comes down to court, he would probably argue the same thing. <laughs> He's not. No one should actually believe anything that he says. But I'm just here questioning things and saying, yeah, question. But you know, at the same time, you know, do I think Tucker Tucker Carlson should be jailed for for what he does? Um, no. I'm, you know, as much sometimes I would I would like to, and, and but that yeah, like I said, that opens a doors for a lot of uh, authoritarian ideology that I definitely don't agree with. What do you mean like the gulags I have in mind would be gorgeous. They'd be like hotels. It'd yeah, be great. He, I, instead of watching Tucker Carlson, it says gulag. And so I'm sitting here thinking, oh, really? So apparently this is, so we're going to take the four seasons like, and convert it uh, into yeah, oh, okay. four host it's a nice, hotels. You get room service. It's a nice gulag. Yeah, but you just don't get internet access. You just, <laughs> <gasps> the torture. Yeah. Right, like you get no social media, no internet. We'll still feed you. Yeah, but you know what? If if Biden's infrastructure plan goes through, internet for everybody. Yeah. Now this wasn't on our list of topics, but I did real quick think about what just, you're going off script. Yes, all all the time. This Every how, time. This is how this podcast works. I, ha I know I am a long time, long time <laughs> listener, first time caller. <laughs> this is how this, this this is how my mind works at, at nine a.m. on a Friday. It just kind of like pops around to different places. But the infrastructure bill. Um, the the Senate Republicans are now trying to renegotiate, and uh, in the back of my mind now, I'm thinking, was this like two trillion dollar price tag so high because they knew that Republicans were going to basically try to cut things down? So you know, do you just come out with like your your biggest wish list to begin with, knowing that in order to get some support, they're going to have to whittle that down thing down a little bit? And if that's the case, like. Maybe, maybe Joe Biden should write a book called Art of the Deal. I mean, um, that's how you negotiate. That's how a real negotiation happens. Right. You have your set of goals. You aim high. Like, if I want to end here, I start here. You know, and you start there. You come down here, and hopefully you end. You, hopefully you end at your, your floor is where you wanted to be anyways. Well, so you, somebody who's you know, been involved in negotiations as a union leader, um, you know, basically it's uh, – both parties should feel like they've lost something. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's called that's compromise. Really yeah. If it, it, no one should ever come out of a compromise victory saying we've got everything we wanted, because that's not compromise. And so, if, if both sides can compromise and we come out with something which is better than nothing, um, then we've we've as a citizenship we we won, <laughs> we got something. We got. Well, I mean, something, something is obviously better than nothing. Something has to be done with the infrastructure in this country. Right. And they keep punting. Well, they're also having a debate about what what is considered infrastructure. You know, well, the Republican yeah. side see roads and bridges are infrastructure. Everything else is not. And and is this the argument that internet is not infrastructure? Correct. No. Internet, healthcare. Internet. I like eyeglasses. <laughs> eyeglasses. Yeah, um, anything that enables anything people to do a road job is infrastructure. Yeah, is is they that they, they want to limit the, the definition of infrastructure, which which I get. Now, but, is there anything with as far now 
I get confused about this country, like the electrical grid, but that's privately owned. Um, some yes. places, yeah, some places no. Um, some places the the government has a lot more control over Texas. Um, yeah, over off? grids. Yeah, Texas. They, they have their own they independent their own grid. grid. Oh, they're completely separate, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, that's why they had issues. Is because they they decided they didn't want federal regulation. Well, Texas still wants to be its own country, so there is that. In a lot of ways, they do. Um, the Republic of Texas. That's changing though, too. I think I think Texas is going a lot more. Um, Purple. Purpley federal, federal. Well, that's because a lot of liberals from the Northeast have moved down there. I also have. Yeah, just, like, just my friends, anyways. Isn't there a lot of migration from California out to Texas? Currently, yeah. I've, I've heard that. Um, like from LA to sort of. Yeah, a lot. I think conservatives are trying to argue that, you know, because they're trying to move out there because they want to get away from California's liberal policies and move to Texas to get, to get tax breaks. But I think it's more of the fact that they, they're, they're tired of being on fire um because yeah. there's california has a has a huge fire issue i don't know if anyone's noticed I over had, the past I I'd read something you know, about that yeah. that I it seems to be getting worse it doesn't seem to be getting better yeah it, it is you know there i just heard a great story about that recently because you know, a lot of the problems with the the west and their burning is that before us white people took over and then and, and the people that lived here indigenously beforehand did control burns for generations and you had to manage the land. And then when us good old white Europeans took over, we didn't allow them to burn anymore because we thought that was bad. And now look at us. Fire bad. Fire bad. <laughs> what have this big idea? Like the, the, you know, it was like the 24 hours after smoke, the fire is supposed to be gone. You know, they, they don't want to let any burning happening. But then what happens is too much undergrowth happens. Now you have too much fuel. So when a fire happens, it's a huge fire instead of a small controlled fire and then basically us, our infinite wisdom have effed everything up yeah i think you know obviously climate change has been an issue it's not just the the fire forest well climate change is definitely an issue but if if we've been managing the land properly as it had been for you know two thousand three thousand years we wouldn't be in problems yeah. well, we wouldn't be it wouldn't be so damn hot though if we were managing the the planet properly because i know isn't that crazy how if we did things the right way we'd be okay yeah, it's just a lot of debate what the right things are, right? I think the right ways aren't, you know, would 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 deflect harm and not burn down an entire state. So let's get that under control out there. <laughs> yeah, another, get on it. another problem solved. Have any another problem. <laughs> another problem solved by our podcast. Just get it under control. Well, it's better than to just be nice to one another. Be excellent to one another. Yes. I, that's great advice. Well, it is great advice, but it doesn't really—it well, doesn't okay. help, does it? It's not very helpful. No, we need real um, solutions. Was, yeah, I mean, obviously, we said if that that's your opposite bit. of Palestine and Hamas, it's a, a Palestine. Just get along. Just yeah, get along. just be nice to one another. Got it. Check. Done. Figure it out. Just Figure it out. That's a block party. Because you know? I don't have an answer for that. Okay. I wish I did. You know, if I did, I'd be a, a lot more famous. Um, <laughs> If Jared Kushner can't figure it out, what, what what chance do I have? Oh man, if Jared Kushner can't, no, wait. <laughs> he worries me. Where is he anyway these days? Where is him in Ivanka? That is a great the, question. Trying to stay out of jail. After Trump wins in twenty twenty four. I don't know. He just always looks to me always looks like one of the serial killers in the movies. He does have those like eyes, like right, like those like. 
just like creepy. He, I don't like I don't like to disparage people. Like if he was a student in my class, he but, would be one of the ones I'd be watching. I'd be keeping like, an eye on. We're gonna worry about. Or you him. know, if ten he years seems down too the road, good. Or no, ten years down the road, you you read a newspaper article that you know something he'd done something bad. He's one of those kids that you would think. Hmm, that doesn't like, surprise me. I was right. Okay. Yeah, I was right. Not that as a teacher I ever judge my students. Never. <laughs> never. I never do that. Just, actually, actually, as a teacher, that's part of your job is judging students. Well, I'm supposed to judge their mathematical yeah, not, yeah. uh, not their know, character. Not their character. But but I will say this, Keith, I hate it when they ask me to write college recommendations. Oh my God. I hate, hate doing them. It's like I usually I usually get away with it because I teach ninth and tenth graders. Um, but I did write one this year for a student and I actually put in, I hate doing this. And the fact <laughs> that I am doing it speaks volumes to what a great student this That I'm willing to that I am actually doing willing something that I hate. To write a letter because I usually actively avoid it. I usually encourage them to ask their junior or like somebody higher up. I actually, I kind of hate the idea that we even need to have recommendation letters personally. Um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, I have to write them. Like people ask me to write them for just again in grad school within our own school. Like it's still our own that school. Doesn't make sense to so going to grad school. Like why do you? Can I just check off on a list? Like we have a form we check out, but we still have to write something as well. Like why do I have to write something? If well, I said yes, me, um, that's fine. Let's let's be fair. You're now you're kind of judging. You're getting judged on how well the person can write a letter. Like well, no. So that's the other part is. Um, and this is actually a more of a racial and social class divide thing. The recommendation letter is, right. is not equitable because not everyone has someone that can write them a letter. Or, you know, if you come from a certain background and you might have a hard time finding someone that's worth writing a letter for you. And also for me, you know, when, when a kid asks me to write a letter, I'm, I'm like, okay, just let me know, you know, what extracurriculars do you do? What community service do you do? And if you're low socioeconomic, maybe you're, you're, you don't have time. You're just, maybe you have a second job or maybe you're at home helping with the childcare or, or you don't have all those extracurriculars and community service pieces to, to sort of talk to like I'm just trying to keep my head above water yeah. grades wise yeah my I, th I think my point is though is you know no one's going to write a bad letter of recommendation no one's going to no. guess I I did have a student last year she asked me at the beginning of this year to write her a letter and I said I can't right and that's there that's that's totally different right you're, I, you're, you're gonna say, I, oh, I, I said you know during the pandemic you did nothing like when we yeah. went remote you didn't I, I touched, I called you, I touched base with you and you didn't hand one assignment in and I'm sorry, I'm going to have a really hard time. Exactly, but you didn't write the letter, right? No. And that's the point is like, you're not, no one's going to write a bad letter. You're not going to go to somebody who doesn't like no. it, doesn't like you and like, oh, can you write me a letter of recommendation? And then my, po my point is like, if, if the, the whole idea of the letter of recommendation goes back to the, who are you connected to kind of thing. Yeah. Like it, goes, it goes to the idea of being privileged. People that well, can was, get those recommendation letters from good sources have connections already. So it's just another um, way for people that are already have connections to have more connections. We had a student at Poughkeepsie, I won't mention his name, but he was he played basketball. And he was, went, his name was Bob. Yeah. He went to another school and he came back to visit and asked me to write him a letter of recommendation. And I said, if I'm the best you've got, <laughs> the way you used to behave in my class is the best 
person to write you a letter, I don't think this is going to go well for you at all because he was awful. Right. Awful. Well, that's the thing. If, they, if he had to come back to the school that he's not even going to anymore, right. write a letter of recommendation. To ask his ninth grade math teacher that, for a letter of that, recommendation. That is, that's kind of telling, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I wonder where he is now. I haven't seen him on the TV. So. I think I'm never mind we'll talk, um we'll talk later <laughs> um yeah have we We're, run out of things to talk no we got we, got no, we had another thing on the list what was the last thing so june 1st tuesday is the beginning of pride month beginning of pride month and there's right. a huge online discourse about what should be allowed in public spaces during during pride um thinking that you know a lot of the you know pretty straight people think being homosexual is, is, is kinky just to begin with, which obviously that's not the case. That's not what kink means. That's not what kinky is. Um, but also too, you know, what, what should be allowed in these public spaces? Um, you know, is, you know, walking around with a ball gag and leading around somebody with a leash, is, should that be acceptable in a public space? Um, because a lot of people are arguing that pride just isn't a, a celebration of, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful here. Different, different, li different lifestyles. That's really not the word I'm looking for. Um, Sexuality. Yeah, but that's the thing. I, you know, oh, I see. But it, yeah, because is is you know, is 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 it a celebration of di different sexualities, and, and can like BDSM be considered a sexuality? Um, you know, I think what, BDSM is a facet of of but, gay and straight. Right. Sexuality. Right. So but should, but should that be allowed in public spaces is, is, is the argument. And or should that be a part of pride? Right. It should be a part of pride celebrations. Um, can, can you celebrate, you know, pride with, with, without, without, and, and here's the issue. Should it be um, accessible to, to children? Right. So obviously we don't want to over, overly sexualize things that are accessible to children. That's, that's, something that I think a lot of people can agree on is, I mean, is well, wrong, but then it becomes what, what's, what, what, what's that line, right? Where, where do we, cause a lot of people out there think don't want their kids seeing, seeing gay people existing. Period. Which, right. Which obviously is a, is a horrible, horrible take. It's not something that we should accept. Um, and they're obviously not going to go to the pride parade anyways. Those are probably the parents that wouldn't take their children to a pride. Parade. This is true. But they're going to make that argument again for a reason why we shouldn't even have pride parades. So here's here's my take on it, because we you know, and then, and that's the full disclaimer. Here here's you know three straight cis people Ooh. talking about pride parade. So yeah, we do this a lot. But so we talk when we talk that, about issues that are important. I feel like it needs to be addressed. You know, so so I think about I always equate. What about the other side of things? Because you have okay. Should we be able to have BDSM people pulling each other around on the streets and showing that side of their sexuality? But the thing is, like, I love how like, you I, pulling each other. Excuse me, just one. But anyway, yeah, you, know, you know what I mean. Yeah, well, it could be, it could be, a, it could be a human centipede. I don't know. Uh, that, I don't know what your life is. Is that line between you know costume, right? Your leather daddy air, uh, aspect of, of gay culture, and then there's you know definite. Right. See, I don't even have a problem. Here, here, well, here's my thing is like people will draw a line there. Yeah, I can turn on the TV in the middle of the day and watch a woman basically have an orgasm while shampooing her hair in a shower. Exactly. To sell shampoo. Yes. Right. 
So yeah. if I, so the, the idea of showing sex or simulated sex or ideals of heterosexual sex on primetime, even daytime TV, let's be real. Um, and during commercials is okay because it's heterosexual and it's what is, you know, supposed to be there. But if it's something that is out of line with heterosexuality and man and woman and doing something very, um, what is considered normal, anything outline of that, all of a sudden it's, it's, it's wrong. And my point is always is if, if that is okay, and that's still a showing a sign of sex. And let's be frank, we can, you can see basically almost a naked person on TV. You know, they, 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 yeah, they, there's a show on discovery channel called naked and afraid for crying out loud, where two naked people walk around the woods. They're not having sex, but they're naked. I think, I think the issue really is, it's the commercialization capitalized capitalism and around pride. Capitalism I mean, ruins everything. Pride, is, pride has been around for years. Right? Yeah. And, and since Stonewall and, and now it's sort of become commercialized like Ikea, you can buy your rainbow bags and, and this, that, and the other. And now people are concerned that like, you know, pride has become a fundraiser and that, Oh, if we have sort of shocking, things at pride then people aren't gonna want to go and spend their money they're not gonna go spend their yeah it was it, it, it turns into a very very tricky topic because then you start to get into like i said where conversations like what what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable and you were i think you're gonna have always always gonna have arguments you know and and when you when you try to define acceptability with sexuality because like i said you don't there there should be a line somewhere you know, when, when, when kids are involved. So well, uh, there is the argument that should, should kids be involved? Well, and I would say, yes, I want, uh, you need, you need events to be ex accessible and acceptable for, for children to, to expose them to. Well, I think if it's on, if, it, if you're having a parade on the street, well, that's the thing college. too. Right? If you have a parade on the street, it's automatically for everybody. And, that, and that's what, and that's where the, the arguments is that you're always going to have adult themed, um, you know, events that but aren't that aren't specifically day? for children. Or what what time of the day? What what places? You know, is it? You know, um, you know. But if I'm having my pride parade at one o'clock on a Saturday, I'm assuming everyone's going to be there. Now, right, every, right. and I that's still, I still have no problem with the leather daddy going down the street personally in front Me, of my kids. That's not, that's not um, an issue. As long as you're not pulling your schlong out and right. doing some other things, Trusting that's that's kids. the line right, right there. To, right. You know, once you, once you start going line. like, hey, look at this, that's, that's the line. No, kind of, that went in a direction I didn't anticipate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know anybody still used that word, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah. Old school. We are Xennials. We are the I'm, I'm not have to be full disclosure. Yes. I rubbed the cradle with this one. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> it's okay. We um, were born in the same decade. But yeah, that I mean then that's that becomes that becomes kind of the argument. Yeah, like half naked people walking around shouldn't be that big of an issue. Um but, like I you said, know. you can go to the beach and we'll see the half-naked people all the time. I was going to say Americans. This is just such a... It is a very puritan American argument. You're right. It is a very puritan ideology, too. Like, we can't expose kids to, like, breasts. Like, it's it's weird. I don't know. Right. Um, I, don't, yeah. I don't have the answer for you here. I'm sorry. I don't think anybody has the answer. I don't have the answer either. I don't because have the answer I mean, to Americans. I'm sorry. I mean, we're, like I, like I said, we're, we're three. We're, I'm just talking about pride in general. Like, <laughs> here's three straight people talking about, like, what should be accepted at pride, because 
let's be honest, like the, the people in the community can't even really decide what what should be acceptable and shouldn't be acceptable. Um, What's also a community that's gone, fear is being you know, a community that's become huge too. Like it's no longer just like, you know, early pride parades were a smaller community that put them together. And now they, it's they because were. it's more open because it's more well, inclusive okay. now. Yeah. It's so huge that we can't have just like one definition what pride is anymore. And, you know, or, or you have to like, oh, well, someone's putting on the parade. Let's look, there's an organizer of the parade that has to, someone's name has to be on that um, permit to have the parade. I mean, I do remember- and, and Just like I, the Macy's Day Parade, someone has to set down guide rules. My daughter asking me to take her to Pride. How old was she? You and I were together. How old so was probably she? 14, probably 14. Probably 14, 15. And I was sort of like, I have no problem taking you to a local Pride, but the one down in New York City, I was a little bit apprehensive about taking her and losing her more than, you know, and because she was run, like, well, yeah. running off. I was like, are you sure you want to go to Pride with your mom? It seems a little, um, you don't have some friends to go with. <laughs> um, but, but she was 14, 15 and, and was, had, had already come out to me as, you know, uh, being in the questioning. She, I think at the time she was bisexual. I don't know. Well, we have this discussion between pan and bi. And like yeah, where, pan and bi is a, another thing. Where, another where, another where, topic where, for another day. Where does that line get drawn? Yeah, we should, maybe we should just start a podcast. Just straight people talking about uh, gay issues. Straight people talking about <laughs> stuff that, that they've got no business talking about. Exactly. <laughs> That's half our podcast. Let's. That is, that. that is that is. You listen to the podcast. I That is half the podcast. Oh, my favorite. Oh, straight white <laughs> guys talking about shit. <laughs> trying to trying to navigate issues Abortion, delicately. That's my favorite one. <laughs> that's that's Look, our see, new okay, title. Straight, straight white guys talking about shit. I'll take issue with that comment right now because oh, fight. Here's here's a fight. Um, oh. I don't I don't like the argument like you can't you can't have an opinion because you don't have a uterus. I don't like that argument. Well, you can have an opinion. It's just not important. <laughs> it's not. I, I will give you it doesn't have as much weight. Okay. <laughs> All right? I will give you that much. It doesn't have as much weight. I'm grading on a curve now. I don't like the idea that you can't have an opinion because on, on, on issues because you're you can have you can have good opinions and you have bad opinions like you, and yes, like you said, you, your opinion can carry more weight because of your experiences. I, I, I won't dispute that at one point but to say like you can't have an opinion because you're not part of that group or you're not or you don't identify that way or you, you know you have no business like even having an opinion well it's kind of like the wedding you can have an opinion on on things at the wedding but except i don't there's a difference there is that is that i really as long as i i i have a i have a specific cake that i want and cake and you said open bar those are your only yeah oh my god i went to one wedding that wasn't an open bar i feel like that's so a, did a slap i it was, it was my first one it wasn't that great oh, i've yeah. been to a couple um yeah i mean if you did if you're if you're gonna have a wedding without an open bar just find it find a cheaper venue what about dry weddings though some people don't have any been to one of those too it was a brunch a br i can't imagine <sighs> yeah well that doesn't sound like fun at all there was, it was more of a worry that there were people in the family that had that were alcoholics, so they just were trying to like nip all that in the bud, and they were also paying for themselves, and they didn't have a lot of money. So yeah, I get, was, I get that. Yeah, a small brunch wedding. I, I get, I get, I, I, I get why, I get why you'd save money because the open bar does get, can get pretty pricey. No, it's it not expensive at all. No, five hundred dollars for open bar. It isn't like it's comparatively, per, it's yeah, per person. It's not like you have to pick up the bar tab at the end of the night. 
No. Which but... I think I thought that's what it was. Oh. My first wedding, I was like, wait, so what if no. people, right? I didn't realize it was. No, it's just a flat fee. Yeah. But at the same time, um, they're buying it in bulk, you know? Find, find, a, find a cheaper venue. Like, I, you know, have a barbecue and have an open bar at the barbecue. Or, or the other option is you can, there's, there's, different levels of open bar as well because there's the full yeah. open bar there's also the beer and wine open bar and yeah. you pay for your spirits well you can always save some money by inviting your friend from college he thinks he's coming as a guest but he's doing the video yeah, that's a good way to save some money. <laughs> oh, oh wow wow <laughs> packing gear we're not doing uh, we're not having a videographer are we no we're gonna invite somebody that's no, someone's, someone's gonna walk around with an ipad, iPad. like walk around and yeah just ask him to send us that um, so we have to invite that one person that did it at that wedding. I do like the one idea. I'm hearing talking about wedding planning now. But yeah, oh yes, let's talk about wedding. Planning. I do like the idea. Like uh, I've heard of like putting a, putting a camera at the table and then getting the pictures developed. Like you mean like the gets that's so old school. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I do. I just kind of like that idea because then people kind of get to. Uh, you get to you get the people's how they experience the wedding right i because that's for me that's a big that's a yeah, big part of it for me just do it with a hashtag now yeah i was gonna say a lot of you just yeah, do a hashtag and then people post it on social media with the hashtag and then you just look up your hashtag later post it i think people are more apt to um because not, not yeah, a lot of people then, especially then, a lot of people that we're inviting especially the, the older crowd aren't really like, but then you also run the risk of somebody just, savvy. somebody shoving their disposable camera down their pants and i mean that happens all the time it's the part they, of the Pictures of their slum. That'd be hilarious. Like I would not be offended by that. I understand people. Some people would be offended by that. I would think that's hilarious. Well, we might get in trouble when and you the, let the film develop. I don't think you get in trouble for that. No one. They don't look at it. It's automated. I think you do. How would you get in no. trouble? You get in you trouble like dirty pictures on. <laughs> I don't think so. Is this another lie that my mother's told me? Yes. yes. But what, I don't know why she would. I mean, because you know what the person does? They take the film out, they put it in the machine, and they hit a button, and they walk away. Maybe it's years ago. They yeah, used and to, then, like the machine prints them and puts them I in a package. Of, but they don't look the myth, at them. I think there was a myth. I don't know. Maybe it was true, but I think there was an idea that like the person developing the film would go through them specifically to look to see if there were any like like dirty pictures of people. No. Before the. Day. I thought they would go through to check the quality of the pictures and. Like, hey, spot check them. On there's a there's a pair of tits in here. Can I say tits? I just did. You Plus, did. Um, there's a time. There's no editing. <laughs> no, I know. I've heard. I've heard when when like, oh, there's somebody at the door. <laughs> like, now I need to know who's at the door. Though I'm like so invested in who's at the door. Um, why? It was my neighbor. He was dropping off eggs. Eggs. Oh, my neighbor was UPS guy that day. It was UPS guy. He drops off too many eggs though. Yeah, he. Uh, we we get duck eggs. He has ducks. I have duck eggs. That's what I eat, duck eggs. They're very good. Take a duck. They're giant. See, Vinny just tried to do an English accent then and it did not go well. No, it was horrible. Well, because where I'm from, you call somebody duck. Better than Dick Van Dyke. Duck. Oh, yeah, Governor? Governor! Every time, but every time people find out. Yo, wizard, Harry! Yo, wizard, Harry! The whole podcast without you doing that. And yet here we are. I know that was a concern of yours. It will end because it's embarrassing. I thought we were doing wedding planning. What happened? I got excited. Oh, I don't know. As long as he doesn't do an English accent in the wedding. Oh, there will be an English contingent my, there. Boy. <sighs> to get my English accent going, I just start resetting Monty Python and then I got it. I've come for an argument. Um, no, I, I think haven't. 
the best speech I ever went to, my uh, friend's sister had written the speech for her dad and he was so drunk and he would get halfway through the, and, and then he would read, look at mom because she had put like directions, directions in, like stage directions, but he was reading the speech and he was like, look at mom and look at mom and smile. <laughs> but he was reading the whole thing out at the wedding. It was, it was hilarious. Was pretty good. There has to be video of that somewhere. Um, so I know we're, we're running a little short on time, but the last topic, speaking of Europe. Eurovision Song Contest. The Eurovision Song Contest. If you don't know what the Eurovision Song Contest is, because obviously I've only heard about it a couple years ago. And that's it's exactly the, what it sounds that's like. That's because of the world, the Will Farrell movie. It's that, a song contest in Europe. Yeah, like 52 countries compete. Yeah. Um, well, it's not 52 countries every year. It's okay. 52 countries over the years have competed. Gotcha. Um, ABBA is probably your most notable winner. winner? Oh, yeah. it goes back that far? Oh, yeah, back to the 50s, I think. Um, but there was a big controversy this year. The Italians won. The Italians entered a song from a band that has been around in Italy since 2017. They actually won the Italian X Factor. Okay. The French were very upset. The French came in second, but there was a, a, sh a shot of this Italian band who I can't pronounce their name and I'm not going to attempt it, who ironically have a uh, Scandinavian because one of the members is Scandinavian. Uh, and it looked like the lead singer was doing lines of cocaine in the green room. And uh, the French said that uh, they should that's, they should win. That's a performance enhancing drug. And, you know, when it comes I'm to- I'm sorry, I thought that was standard practice for rock bands. Well, he, he so, was kind of upset and he said, I don't do cocaine, I don't do drugs. He took a drug test and passed the drug test. And actually, I read the story that there was some broken glass on the floor and he was leaning over to pick the glass up and it looked like he had his nose on the table, which he did, but he was trying to pick the glass up off the floor. So uh, I was talking to somebody at work about this and he honestly didn't even realize that the Eurovision, Eurovision was real. He thought that it was um, just made up for the movie. Um, but I, and then I told the story where that's okay because I thought groundhogs were made up. Yes, she thought groundhogs were made up for the movie Groundhog Day. Yeah, I don't even, and then ground the fact that you actually have Groundhog Day, mind blowing. That yeah, that's she had, a thing. She had no idea. It, it still, it still is mind blowing to an adult that goes. Well, I made my ex husband turn the car around to show me the groundhog. <laughs> I was like, you're such a liar. You're and a liar. The way, There's. The, the idea of them doing a drug test for cocaine is ridiculous because cocaine doesn't stay in your bloodstream long enough to do a drug test. Yeah, I was thinking about too. I didn't know how long I, I don't cocaine know if they did it. Synthetic like, drugs don't stay in for more than a couple days because they get processed very fast by the blood. I know he did it the next, the drug test was the next day. Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, I like there's a lot about this. Like, I'm not sure why it's such an issue, to be honest with you. Even if he was doing cocaine, why, why should you be eliminated from the Eurovision contest? First of all, let's uh, the drug thing is a whole other debate because I think you should just legalize them all, anyways. That's a very leftist opinion. Yeah, I was like I'm, that. I'm very, came, I would not have said that about Keith, actually. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm proud of that, actually. Keith. Because we there's more. You definitely be decriminalized. All drugs should be decriminalized. No, legalize them. Yeah, I, them. that's fair. Because, because first I mean, of all, destigmatize drug use. Because, and I've been listening to this guy who does a lot of research on it as well. Um, who's a professor, I forget what university he's at. Um, but it's more of like, 
the actual addiction rate, you know, everyone's, oh, addiction, addiction. Addiction rate is extremely low. Most people that are addicted have something else that's wrong with them already, like depression or something, anxiety, whatever it is. Um, and most overdoses are caused by people that either are novice users because they're doing it for the first time, don't know what they're doing, or from tainted drugs, or people that are committing suicide. Or people that have tried, that have quit for some time and then gone back to drugs. And, and their tolerance went down. Tolerances. They go back to their old dose. Right. But like, you know, people die of overdoses because they get a drug that's tainted with something else that they don't know about because they're getting on the street. Or, you know, like I said, they're, they're trying to kill themselves. So they're purposely overdosing, but that's where most overdoses come from. So most casual users never have a problem with overdose. Um, and we've created this whole system since the war on drugs began in the eighties of like, um, it's a whole infrastructure of finding drug, drug dealers and drug and, and drug users and punishing them and taking them out of society. And instead of actually helping people, we hurt people by you know stigmatizing the use of drugs and and punishing a casual you know and, and, and of course it's hugely on, on on racial lines too because you know an upper class white person can be snorting cocaine every day of their life and never get in trouble for it but a guy a black guy uses crack once in their life and they're in jail for 50 years right. and that i mean that was a big uh reagan era um policy. oh it's totally it's all reagan era crap and, <laughs> yeah yeah literally flooded the, the streets with with crack into into communities knowing that it's it's addictive and then ramped up the the, the enforcement um, of it criminal penalties and, and it. also crack and coke you know crack cocaine you know the the penalty for crack cocaine it was they they changed this a couple of years ago but at the time up until a couple of years ago it was something like a hundred times more severe than powder cocaine so you know, and that's, and yeah, and I mean, yeah, I don't. It was a class issue. It was a race I issue. I don't agree with criminalizing drug users in in, in general. Um, so that's, that's where my, at least decriminalizing the the substances should be something that should be like a, a no brainer to people. Um, sending the people to prison for using drugs isn't going to help nope. anybody. It hurts the society. It, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's harmful to it's harmful to society overall because then it turns people, like I said, into criminals because now they have a now they have a charge and like we we said. If you can't make a living, um, quote unquote, legitimately, you're going to turn to crime because crime is a utility. People don't do crimes because they, they, they're a criminal. They like to do crimes. They do crimes because they, they need to often, right? They, they need to, to survive. So, unless you're well, a Bond villain, that's different. My light ending with the Eurovision's Hong contest. Sorry. No, we turned a dark corner. I, mean, I did. Listen, we, you, you never, know, the cocaine you never thing, know where this happened. <laughs> I say corners. It's really spirals, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of spirals. It's a downward spiral. Yeah, there, are no, there are no corners in this. In the general you just spiral. go down. You, you brought up cocaine, and I just went there. Well, that's you know that's where our mind our mind kind of does go. I just wanted to. to make a comment about how silly the French are, but but that's. But okay. then it turns into should we you know <laughs> all drugs and and the answer the answer is yes. Can you tell by my outrageous accent? The answer is we. Was that supposed to be Scottish or French? I couldn't quite no, get No, it's, I was trying to do, I'm not English, you silly English can it. I'm French, can't you tell by my outrageous accent? It's a bad John Cleese. The Monty Python bad I, French impression. I have seen some Monty Python I would hope in so. my time. They're, they're, they're national they're icons. Not like Cliff Richard is though. Not like Cliff Richards. And that's a whole story for another time. Um, big Monty Python fan here. Not a Cliff Richard fan. I don't have know you ever seen Cliff the one? The what? Young ones, the television show. 
the album. No. Uh, oh, that was an early 80s um, BBC 4? BBC 4 didn't, didn't exist. exist yet, right? No, I would say probably BBC, BBC 2 if it was on it. Um, yeah, but it got, it got shipped over to PBS and there, um, when PBS was showing all the British um, sitcoms from the 80s like that and Are You Being Served? I wouldn't put, the, I would really wouldn't put the young ones and Are You Being Served in the same sort of category there. They're both British. That's the category. That uh, and they were both on PBS. For, Amer for America, that's the category. Yeah. the show called The Office. The young ones. So, long story short, too late. Too late. Uh, we were in England, coming back from the pub. Mr. Lawrence was a little worse for wear, and was had a few pints. Had had more than a few pints, and uh, was singing Cliff Richard at the top <laughs> of his voice, to which I told him to shush. And he responded, nobody's going to shoot me. This is England. <laughs> and uh, Cliff Richard is on the, and Cliff Richard's a national icon. They should be happy that I'm singing Cliff Richard's at the top of my lungs at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. To be fair, he has a point. No one is going to shoot him. <laughs> and then he stopped for a wee. He said they might beat me up. Then he stopped for a wee in but... a bush that was about, and I said, but we're nearly at my mum's house. And you said, no, I'm not. And, uh, and then we walked around the corner and there we so, were. Oh, there we were. Yeah. No sense of direction when I go there. No, or, all the houses look the same. Or Pete. how the money works. It's, communi um, it's communism. All the houses look the same. He, he, <laughs> every time he goes up to the bar, he just pays with a note. Um, because he's I don't want to be the tourist that sits there like looking at the coins. Like, so is that the, a one or two? Like, so by the end of the night, different sizes. You know when he's coming back from the toilet, Keith, because he jingles because he's got thirty-five pounds. <laughs> literally 35 pounds of coins in weight, his pocket yeah, weight and money because he can't he won't do them he won't learn the money and he's embarrassed so he just gives him a 20 every time he goes up to the bar you can't and just use your card no no oh you can't put it on you can't put it on a uh tab a lot, you know it costs for the um the conversion fees by the time like if you're just no. putting, yeah, yes, yes. You know, you're just putting a, a round of drinks on your card it no yeah it's a lot easier just to take cash out um when you leave i got you travelers does traveler check still a thing well, no, what? Just, I, you know when it's you know if it's birthday or christmas my mom will put money in an account for me so that when we go over there we've got british pounds oh, that's so nice kind of how we do it instead of anyway enough about us <laughs> it's all about us it's our podcast well, that's true sorry if you're bored that's i get. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's gonna be the title of this week's episode <laughs> all about us <laughs> you know it's funny because like five minutes ago i was like what is gonna be the title of this week <laughs> we found it it's we found it at it. the end sometimes it's where you find it it's at the end speaking of the end um i think that's really? a good time to end because the work today so we could do this all yeah. day. oh see i have work to do and also while we were on the my the i dropped my car off at the dealership they already called me back that was um, good Unlike Vinny, you spent three hours getting tires yesterday. Two hours, but yeah, it wasn't not. And the, the problem I had with it is not the two hours. Is that I, made an, I made an appointment. Like, why make an appointment if it's going to take two hours to begin with? I should have just went in at 8 o'clock in the morning and dropped my car off and said, all right, get it done. Instead of making an appointment for 9 o'clock and then them saying that we're, they're, they're behind. Because yeah, they, that, they, yeah that happens. Yeah, why why make an appointment is my point. And, and it, yeah, whatever. Um. So yeah, obviously, if you want to reach out to the podcast, you can email us at gzillennial at gmail.com. You know, check out my YouTube channel at Just Another Guy Talking About Stuff. 
plenty of videos about me eating chicken sandwiches, um, if you enjoy that type of thing. Anything you want to plug, Claire? Thanks for coming on. Um, no, I just, not really. Yeah. Keep, well, to share on one of, the, social one of these times you'll have to have your wife on and we'll get the, the whole group together yeah she doesn't get the holiday off until monday so yeah we just have a give back snow day that's why I'm i got lucky oh. i have a day off like i said this is this is a rare occasion for athletic trainers to actually have a four-day weekend it's, as um, crazy that is kind of unique well there's actually no sports going on for the for four days it's covid year so things have been a little bit light in general but um, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain. The spring season for me does tend to be like, we don't, we don't have a ton of sports at where I work, but, but thanks for listening everybody. Thanks for, uh, thanks Please. for joining us for yeah, another thanks conversation. For me. Thanks for having me. Thanks welcome. for being here. Leave us a rating or a review. Tell us your, tell your friends about us because we're like getting lonely. So, so tell them about us. Yeah. If you want to be, if you want to be, I'm just guest, saying I'm lonely. You want to be a guest on the podcast. If you want me to come back. I mean, you're more than welcome. I mean, you're I mean December's right. coming, so you're going to have a lot more free time soon. Yeah, that is true. I mean, if our ratings go up, you're definitely going to, you might have yeah. to be a part maybe of, I'll of maybe I'll start my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we doing this classic <laughs> TV sitcom, Bring in the Girl, season two, to boost the ratings? Yeah. Oh, oh that's nice. Then season, nice. then season three, we're going to have to bring in a kid. No, the cat has made an appearance, but obviously we don't have. Yeah, the cat usually doesn't bother uh, us, me during the podcast, but you're here now, so because you're both in the room. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm gonna be where the people are. My no. dog is still lying in bed, so yeah, now it's her. She, yeah, they, they, yeah. they like to be close to her. I, I'm pretty sure my dog is still lying in my bed. I didn't realize you had a dog. I knew you had two children, but <laughs> we also have a dog. I knew you had two kids, but a dog. Well, you know, my kid is 19 now, so I'm at that point where I don't really talk about her that I mean, I do, but she's... It's in a different kind of... She has a driving license, and I don't really... We don't, we don't see her anymore. We think she lives still lives here. She, got, she still has around. a room here, but, you know. But she's never here. But you know that age when you're, like, 19, and you're just, like, you, you don't want to be home. You just want to be out. Doing also, things. as a parent, you don't have to worry about their schedule as much because they can kind of do their schedule on their own. You would think so. Well, <laughs> as far as getting places and she doesn't listen to the podcast does she i doubt it i mean i could tell her to i don't think she would she might she'd be bored by now though probably yeah wait till the end we talk about you all the time yeah short attention span well they're all watching the tiktoks oh yes the tiktoks i'm not on the tiktok no i'm not on the tiktoks either you follow are. me on tiktok at keith zd <laughs> i know you are because i heard i listened to the podcast we talked about it oh, I made three TikToks this weekend. Oh. I do. I do Did find it though. I come home and I say, "Oh, I was listening to my podcast today," and I start telling, and I'm like, "Oh no, wait, that was you." <laughs> I heard this really cool thing on a podcast today. That, oh, wait, it was you that was talking. Oh, wait, that was you. had a really good point on the podcast, and then I'm like, "Yeah." And was, then I'm like, "Oh, I always yeah, have good points on this podcast," you. and I probably gave you that point. Usually, it happens. You were, uh, you were one of my bread tubers that. Uh, that I like to listen to. What does that mean? It's the like the leftist on YouTube. They call them bread tube. Bread tube. Yeah, it's. I don't it's, have a YouTube channel. No, 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 no. no. Oh. It's the, the all the communists that I that I the oh. leftist communists that I listen to on the YouTube. Keith, well, he wants to play the Soviet national anthem at the wedding because it's a banger. It is a great song. I've been learning the lyrics. When it's not the first dance, I'll tell you that. No. Nah. <laughs> what is the first dance? 
Have we decided yet? Well, I've kind of decided, but then I've been changing, thinking about it and changing my mind. Yeah, so we'll probably right change now. our mind like three times by the time the, the wedding actually rolls around, so I don't want to put anything in stone yet. And plus, I keep having ideas, and I, and I run them by you, and you just sort of go, okay. Sure. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I don't worry about things too much. This is nothing like weird that I've sort of said, no way. No. Nah. The only thing I said, if, if I was to say, you would say no way, is like, if I said, I've had a great idea. I'm going to have a sober wedding. Uh, no. <laughs> like, no. It's off. Or if you change my cake decision. Yeah, we're not coming anymore now. Sober wedding. Oh, strawberry yeah, we have to have strawberry, strawberry cake. cake. Strawberry shortcake. Well, it won't be a shortcake. I know. But, but it'll strawberry be cake. strawberry filling. Love strawberries. Hey, ours was strawberry filling. See? Good taste. Yeah. You got good taste, you know? kid. But like, we need a filling because it's going to be a big cake. I was like, okay. What do you want to fill it with? I don't know. Let's fill it with something. I'm going to have like one bite of the thing. How about a blueberry? Maybe you get strawberry and blueberry. No, because the no, blueberry. blueberry won't hold it up as well. You need strawberry. Oh, forget about it. We'll do pumpkin spice latte cake. <laughs> it's the season. It's the season. October. Next week on Generations Annual, we talk about wedding cakes. <laughs> Next, next week, we talk about basic. Pretty sure people signed off by now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this might be where you do want to edit. You might actually want to cut the end off. Nah. Oh, yeah. if, they, if they don't listen, it's on that. If Vinny has to say see ya in order for it to be over. That's true. That's that's my, sign, that's my sign off for the, for the podcast. Okay, everyone have a good week. See ya. Oh, you don't do witty sign off catchphrase? No, that's for my YouTube channel. All right.